seated. Father God, may the, Lord, may the words of my lips and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you this morning. Glorify yourself through our time together. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Well, good morning and welcome again to St. Thomas Anglican Church. Uh, my name is Tex Bagley. I'm one of the deacons here at St. Thomas. And it is uh, the sixth Sunday after Pentecost. We are in the midst of what Christians who follow a church calendar uh, call ordinary time. Uh, and now, if you know me, uh, you know that I did not grow up in a church that had anything to do with a church calendar or liturgical. So when I came into the Anglican church, I, I found the calendar stuff and, and the clothes, and all, it, it was kind of cool, right? I, I thought that the first time I went to a service, I saw these, they looked like Jedis, and I was like, this is, I'm into this. Uh, but I really did. I got into the calendar, uh, and I, you know, and I, I think that it's, uh, you know, it made a lot of sense to me, right? The secular world, we, we, have, a, we have a calendar, right? And we, our days and weeks and months are kind of guided by that calendar, right? There's a pattern to our lives uh, that's, that's really in, in some ways dictated by our calendars. Uh, I mean, I would imagine that, uh, like, most good Americans, last Tuesday, you spent time eating hot dogs and hamburgers or uh, barbecue or watching fireworks, right? Fourth of July, right? We, we, we have that on our calendar, and that's when we celebrate the Fourth of July. Uh, and, and, and we do this. We move from one special day to the next, and we have these times in between these celebratory seasons. And, and this is really true for, for all uh, all of humanity. Uh, if you look back uh, for kind of all of recorded history, you can find calendars and you can find these special days and these times in between these special uh, times. And I don't think that that's just a coincidence. I, I really do believe that we were created this way. And this is something that's coming out of us that the Lord has put in us. And our calendars are really just a product of the way that we were created. But our church calendar, it's a little different. Our church calendar is not based off of uh, the, the regular world or the secular world's uh, what the same things. We, our church calendar is based off of the life of Christ. Uh, we, we have two large celebratory seasons, and those are the two biggest moments of uh, Christ's life, mainly his birth, which we celebrate, you know, Advent, uh, Christmas, uh, Christmastide, Epiphany. Uh, we have all that wrapped up in the Christmas season. And then his death and resurrection, right? We have... Uh, Lent and Easter, and then uh, we roll into Pentecost. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and again, when, and when we're in between those seasons, we call it ordinary time. Now, again, if you're like me, you hear the word ordinary and you say, well, that's kind of lame, right? Just ordinary? Uh, is, that, is that what this is? We get two seasons and then every, the rest of the year is just ordinary? Uh, well, the truth is here that the word ordinary actually, uh, it, it really, it comes from the word ordinal or numbered is really a better way that we would kind of explain it today. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's the fact that these weeks and days are numbered. Uh, and that's why when I welcomed you this morning, I said this is the sixth Sunday after Pentecost. It, it, we actually have a number for every week of the Christian year. And all of these numbered weeks actually lead up to something, right? Lead up to the last Sunday in the Christian year. Does anybody, any good Anglicans know what the last Sunday in the Christian year Come on. Christ the King. Yep, he, he saw it. You knew it. Uh, so Christ the King Sunday. And that's when we celebrate 
This, what we read uh, in Zechariah this morning, when Christ comes and he reigns and rules over all of creation. So our, our weeks are numbered and they are pointing towards this the glorious day when Christ will return. And one of the ways we mark this ordinary time uh, is we, we change our colors, right? You, you might have noticed a few weeks ago, we changed from uh, our white stoles or red stoles to green. And green is, it stands for growth. Uh, this is a time where we spend a lot of time in the uh, epistles, the uh, New Testament letters, or uh, Jesus's teachings. And it's, and it's a time for, uh, for the growth of the church and growth of Christians individually, right? And, and, it's, and, and I, I like the fact that we spend the majority of our year in this uh, in-between season, because ultimately we are in the in-between season, right? As Christians, what is, what is, what is our... Uh, what is our faith? Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Amen. There you go. We are in that in-between season, right? Christ has died. Christ has risen. We're in between. Christ is going to come again. So the way we live out our day-to-day lives are ordinary. You can use the word ordinary, but the way we live out our day-to-day lives should be governed by Christ and his teaching. And so that's what we're, uh, this morning, again, I, I couldn't think of a better passage to be in than the end of Matthew 11, where we come to a pretty familiar text. Uh, if, you, if you know your Bible at all, or if you've been in church, you may have heard this before, right? That Jesus, when he uh, is addressing his people, he says, come to me. And that's, that's kind of the part I want to focus on the most this morning. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, my burden, my burden is light. Uh, I want to answer kind of a few questions that pop up for me when I read that text this morning. Number one is, who is this rest for that Jesus is talking about? Uh, number two what is this rest? And finally, three, how do we experience it? So, so first things first, when I come to a passage, uh, I, I like to put it in its proper context, right? I like to know what's going on in the Bible around it. And, and really what's happening here is Jesus is speaking to uh, crowds of people in different Jewish cities, right? He's going from, city, from town to town, and he's speaking out to uh, really ordinary Jews of the day, Right? And, and this yoke example that he gives, it really wouldn't be a foreign thing to them. Uh, a couple hundred years before uh, Christ was born, uh, Jewish leaders actually, there's some writings where they talk about the yoke of the Torah. All right? And if you know anything about uh, Jewish uh, history, the Torah, that's the, Jew, the Jewish law. Right? And so if you know the, the, the Jewish law, there, there are 613 commandments in the Jewish law. Right, we've got uh, 248 are the do's, the positives. You need to do this and do that. And then there's uh, 365, one for each day of the year, to not do. Right? So the, 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 Jewish, the Jews of the day, they, were, they really had this on top of them all the time. The, the Jewish leaders would actually use this law to, to uh, lord over the people. It was a way that they did that. And the people would always constantly be filled with guilt because they were constantly trying to live up to this law, this perfection, right? Jesus addresses this later in uh, Matthew, in Matthew 23. 
uh, talking about the scribes and Pharisees of the day. He says, they preach, but they do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move with their finger. So you say to yourself, well, Jesus is speaking to the Jews of the day. They have this law that is, is burdensome to them. That's their yoke. Well, what's that mean for me, right? Well, the passage actually begins with, come to me all, all who labor and are heavy laden. I, I believe this is a timeless passage, and I think it's for all people, because let's be honest. All of us are either currently tired and labor and weary and restless, or we have been. This is something that all people struggle with, and, and it's not just, just physically tired, right? Our souls, our souls are tired and weary and restless because we all have something in us that's saying that we are not who we are. We're not doing what we should do. We're not living up to the person that we are supposed to be, right? And we try and prove ourselves, and, and it can be exhausting, I think of the example I've heard before of uh, like ducks on the water. You know, we, we, we move along the water, right? But underneath our feet are just, you know, the feet are just going, 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 right? To keep afloat. And I know often our souls feel like that. We're, we're trying, we, we, we get weary and restless and everyone needs this rest. Everyone. So what is this rest? Uh, Tim Keller uh, has a sermon on this same passage and, and he talks about this rest and he, he refers to it as uh, spiritual REM. You know what REM rest is? That's, that's the rapid eye movement sleep. That's the sleep that, that you really need, right? The people that know a lot about sleep will tell you that if you don't get the REM sleep, then you're going to wake up groggy, uh, going through your day kind of fuzzy. You're going to need that third, fourth, fifth cup of coffee. Uh, but you, you, you're going it, to, if you don't get that REM sleep, you're really not finding true rest. You're, 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 you're going to, but if you do, if you do, you wake up and you actually feel refreshed. I don't, I don't know how many of you actually get to experience that. But when you do get that REM sleep, you, you wake up and you refresh. And, and what Tim Keller is saying here is that Jesus is saying there's a spiritual REM. There's a spiritual rest for your soul that can only be acquired through Christ. Another way to describe it here is, is uh, what Jesus is saying. It's, it's like taking off a heavy load, a heavy burden. I don't know about many of you, but I used to, when I was growing up, we would go hiking. We would go on these backpacking trips, and, you know, we'd carry our tents and our supplies and things like that. And I was, you know, 10, 12 years old, and we'd hike for several miles, and we'd get to our campsite, and, oh, my God, there's nothing like just taking off the backpack, right? If anybody's ever experienced that, that is one of the best feelings in the world, is getting, to the, the, getting done with your hike and just taking it off. And the relief that you feel is just amazing. And that's, that's kind of what Jesus is offering here, right? He's saying that we need to take off the heavy yokes that we and others place on ourselves and replace it with him. Now, again, this yoke example would have been familiar to the Jews of the day, but I don't know how many of you use yokes on a daily basis. I know I don't. Um, but a, a yoke is this, uh, you know, it's, it's a big wooden board, right, that goes across uh, animals' uh, shoulders, you know, ox or cow or, or a horse. And, and it's used to, to, uh, to chain them to something that they would pull, like a plow or a wagon. And it really is, a, it, it's to pull a heavy thing, right? And, that, and then the, the yoke actually allows 
the driver to steer the animal, but it's a, but it's a weighty thing, and it, will, and it weighs the, well, the beast. That's where we get the term beast of burden. It weighs them down, right? And that's, that's, that's what Jesus is talking about here. Jesus is actually saying that everyone, no matter who you are, you are yoked to something, some type of burden. Again, the Jews of Jesus' day were yoked to the law. That's what they were living for. That's what they were living, trying to live up to. But we also are yoked to something. We are all yoked to something or someone. And you may not see it this way, but, but whatever or whoever we are living for is what we are yoked to. Our careers, right? Our money, prestige, experiences, other people's approval, simply being a good person keeps us moving all the time, our feet under the water, keeps our souls, we are looking for approval in that way. And whatever it is that you're living for, Jesus says that is your yoke. That's what's guiding you. That's what's steering you. And ultimately, it will wear you down. We are all yoked to something. Another one, obviously a big one for most everyone is relationships, right? Spouses, children, grandchildren, parents, those relationships, we, we, we yoke ourselves to them in, in a way that, that was not designed to be. And no matter what we are yoked to, just like the beast of burden, it will make you weary. It will wear you down. None of those relationships, none of those things in our life are meant to guide or direct you. And that's what Christ is saying his rest is. It is taking off that heavy yoke, taking it off and putting on him. He is giving us himself. He is saying that I am the rest that you need. I am the rest that you are looking for. Why? Because the perfect person, the perfect uh, spouse or, or the perfect friend or the perfect boss, or, or employee, or artist, or, or teacher, whatever it is, the perfect Christian that you're trying to be, it's actually unattainable. It has already been done. That burden is not your burden. That was Christ's, and he has already done it. The rest that he offers is in the fact that the perfect life has already been lived. So how do we experience that rest, right? How do we, what does this actually look like? Uh, when it comes to the Christian faith, uh, we, we often talk about when we come to faith, we, we lay down our sins, right? And that, that's well and good, and that's a very normal thing. Uh, people often have to give up certain things when they become a Christian. You know, Christ uh, will put that on their hearts. But what we really don't talk about that often is what else we lay down and what we pick up. You see, Christ is, he's not saying that we won't have a yoke, right? He's not saying that we won't have a burden. He is saying that we are to trade in our current ones for him, right? He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and I'm lowly in heart. In other words, become my disciples, learn from me. And he promises us, he promises that he will be gentle, that he is lowly in heart. Christ is the only yoke that is always forgiving, always loving, and always life-giving. 
Becoming his disciple is the only way that we will truly find rest for our souls. And because of that, he is saying that nothing, there is nothing in our lives that can be as important as he is. Uh, That's a tough message, right? Uh, I know Father Bill uh, last week shared with us about how even our closest relationships, our family, can, and, and other good things can actually keep us from truly following Christ. But ultimately, whatever or whoever takes that position of utmost importance in our life, if it's not Christ, it's going to wear us down. Uh, this is, this is uh, how it plays out in my life, right? I'm, I, I struggle with people's approval. It's, it's something that I've always dealt with. I'm a people pleaser, right? Um, I have an issue with this, and, and I never, I never want to let anyone down, right? I feel like I get worth from that. And, and it's something that, again, I don't know where it comes from. I, if I sat down with Father Bill for an hour, I'm sure he could probably tell me. <laughs> but, but no matter where it comes from, I, I, I deal with this. It, it is something that can, can seriously rule over me, right? I'm so hesitant to, to tell someone no or to be critical of someone because I want to be liked, all right? I'm constantly trying to prove myself by being the guy that, that's, that anyone can count on. It's something that I get my uh, worth from. And, and, and why? Why do I do that, right? It's because I've forgotten and I forget that Christ, what he has done for me. I forget that I don't have to prove myself. Christ has already proved himself. And I so often forget that he has provided the rest that I need. And I, I, don't, I don't think I'm alone in this. I don't think I'm the only one that deals uh, with it this way. I mean, I, when I opened my sermon, I talked about calendars, right? And I often complain about my calendar because instead of using it as a tool, it often feels like it's using me. I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but we, we overwork and we overcommit ourselves all the time. And we are constantly restless because through our careers, through our relationships or activities, we are trying to live up to this ideal of who we think we are supposed to be. You see, in its best form, our calendars, kind of at the beginning of the service, like I said, they can be a product of our ordered lives. But with what we end up doing and, and committing to do and do and do, our calendars often have an inverse relationship with us, and they, they, they lord over us. They steer our lives, right? They can be a yoke. And it's not just calendars uh, that, that we deal with this with. You know, uh, there's so many things. Parents, I know that this is another one. Parents, how many of us allow our children to steer and direct almost all of our lives, right? We do this all the time. I know I'm guilty of it. How much of our worth is tied up in how good of a parent we are, how good our children are becoming, or business owners, uh, or employees, or how, how, how much of our worth is tied up in how well our business does or, or, or how reliable we are, right? Teach, we have a lot of teachers here, right? What, what, how much of our worth is tied up in how well our students are achieving or, or how well we are, or our accolades, right? Our prestige, now that's a, that's a big one. But whatever it is that, that's nagging at you, whatever it is that's keeping you up, 
and keeping you away from that rest, whatever it is that just kind of feels like it just, again, the legs just keep kicking under the water that, that, that is making you restless. Whatever it is, that is what Christ is saying. You need to lay that down. Now, again, I want, I want to be clear here. I'm not saying that we all need to quit our jobs uh, and <laughs> stop trying to be a good spouse or a parent, right? Uh, there, there are responsibilities that we have, and I'm not, I'm not saying that we just have to drop all those things. But here's the thing. Christ is saying that, that no matter, th- those are good things, right? A lot of those things are good things, but they cannot be what drives us. That cannot be. They cannot be the ultimate goal. Jesus is the only yoke. Jesus is the only burden that is light and easy. Everything else, no matter who or what it is, will eventually drain us, leave us weary and restless. There's nothing we can do to prove ourselves. Nothing we can do to prove that we are good enough. Christ has already done it. Christianity is accepting what Christ has done for you and finding rest in that. I want to jump real quick to the, the, the beginning, actually, of this passage, because I think this is, I think this is a, a bit of an insight here that Christ gives us at the beginning here of how we live this out. Um, he, he, he actually starts out with a prayer, right? The gospel reading started with a prayer. I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding, and you revealed them to little children. Christ often talks about little children, right? And, and, he's, and, and, and what is he saying here? Is he saying that we can't be wise and understanding and follow Christ? I, I, don't, I don't think that's what he's saying. I don't think that he's saying he wants us all not to be intellectual, right? But what I think that he is saying is that to truly lay our burdens down at his feet, to truly take on a life of a discipleship and follow Christ and make him our all and all, we have to come to him like children, uh, many of you know, I have my wife and I, we have three kids. Uh, and, and watching them grow up has been just a, a huge blessing in our life. We, we learn so much from our kids. And, and one of the things that I've learned, though, uh, and especially uh, with my youngest uh, at this point, my youngest is five years old, is that, you know, again, I love her to death, but my goodness, kids are so needy. <laughs> right? It's true. It is true. It is a constant, I mean, every single thing. And again, Elle is just, she's so sweet, but, but she just needs me and Marissa's help all the time for everything that she does. She can't make a food. She can't make food herself. She can't, you know, clean herself. She, it's, it's, it's a whole deal, right? And anybody who's a parent has dealt with this, and we know. And jokingly, Marissa and I will, will ask her sometimes when she says, Mommy, Daddy, I need help or whatever, say, well, Elle, why, why can't you do that yourself? And her, her response is almost always the same. Well, because I'm too little. <laughs> She's not ashamed of it. She has no shame in it. She, she, she has no pride in the fact that she asks for help. She knows that she needs us. And I, and I know, I, I know that that's not a trait that as adults we we want to be known for, right? We don't want to be known as the, the needy coworker or employee or, or friend or the needy spouse. But that's not Christ. What Christ is saying here is we have to come to him as children. We have to know that, every, that we need Christ for everything. Every moment of our life has to be ordered and directed by him. He is saying 
we have to come to him and say, Lord, I can't live this life without you being my yoke, without you being my burden, without you leading and steering my life. I need your help. The, um, we have a song that we're going to sing in a few minutes, and, and I, I love this song, uh, Come Ye Sinners. I actually asked Chris earlier this week if we could sing it, and it's got this line in it that just it wraps this up for me in a, in a really beautiful way. It's, come ye weary, come ye heavy laden, lost in ruin from the fall, if you tarry until you're better. If you wait until you're better, you're never going to come at all. Let not conscience make you linger, nor a fitness fondly dream. And this is it, all the fitness, all that Christ requires of us is that to feel your need of him. That's what he requires. That's what it's like to, that's what it's like to lay your burdens down at Christ's feet. It's not, it's not saying that, that you, you have to, uh, that you're going to be, like I said, a bad parent or a bad uh, employee or anything. It's, it's laying those things down at Christ's feet and saying, God, I can't do any of this without you steering me. I need you. That's all that he requires of us. That's how we lay our burdens down. And that is how we find rest for our souls. That is how we trade in our yoke for his. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.